You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my guests and I tell our most embarrassing funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. I'm Joanne Jarrett, and I am your host. And today I have with me Carol Olberding. And you guys, Carol is a friend of Kat Zecker's, and Kat has come on the show twice. I know you remember her. She had a group of hilarious stories about parenthood and residency in her first episode. And then in her second episode, we focused on her pet ownership life and both are wonderful. So if you haven't heard those listeners, I will link to those in the show notes because they're gems. But Carol is a friend of Kat's and she thought Carol would be great on the show. And I agree just from what I know about Carol. And we've just had fun chatting even before we clicked record here. So let me tell you a little bit about Carol. Carol is a military brat that was born in the Netherlands and went to three high schools in four years in two different countries. She has two kids, 18 and 16. She says she sucks at marriage and parenting, but she thrives in business and art. (laughs) She currently lives in the Field of Dreams town of Dyersville, Iowa. She is an Iowa certified art teacher and entrepreneur. She founded and built Textile Brewing Company. She recently sold her shares in that and is looking into some new investment opportunities. She says they have Major League Baseball coming to their town of 4,000 on August 12th, so that's super exciting. She has some really funny stories for you guys. Carol, thank you so much for being with me today. Oh my gosh, I've gotten so many cool points just by you (laughs) asking me to do this podcast because my 16-year-old has like told all of her friends that I got asked to be on a podcast. So So thank you. I needed those cool points. Anything (laughs) I can do to help you get cool points. I need them too. Spend some my way. Well, you did forget my favorite child. Oh, yeah. Well, fill in the blanks. What did I miss about who you are and what you do, including your favorite child? I kind of cut my teeth on social media and marketing when my ex-husband insisted we get a family dog, and I don't like dogs. So I've been outvoted, and he ended up picking out this like AKC champion line chocolate lab, and I'm like, if we're going to get a dog, I'm going to train this dog. I absorbed everything Caesar Milan, like the dog whisperer, every show I read. I'm a, I'm a researcher anyway. I love to research things. So I like basically researched how to train a dog. So I have the coolest chocolate lab. His name is Bob and he is my best friend and he has almost 3,800 followers on Instagram. Oh my gosh. Well, he's going to have one more now because I'm a sucker for a good pet on Instagram. That's so cute. What a fun way to feel out on social media with your dog. Yeah. Well, and yeah, he, um, he's the only child that listens to me. That's why he's my favorite. (laughs) It's a much simpler relationship. (laughs) Oh yeah. Okay. Let's get to know you a little better with your rapid fire questions. Have you had a celebrity encounter? I have met actually a lot of celebrities. Back in my 20s, I worked for the Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia. Mm. It's called SCAD. And they had a film festival. I was teaching inner city middle school. And then one summer, I decided to just go to a temp agency to keep me busy. And they put me at SCAD. And then SCAD ended up hiring me full time. And I quit teaching because it was just so much fun. Well, I worked for the head of the performing arts department. So when it came time for this big film festival that they did every year, the performing arts department had all the theaters and had all the big spaces. So I was in charge with, you know, helping get actors to different places. 
And oh my gosh, Joanne, I had like a beat up Ford Explorer and I had two (laughs) white dogs at that time. So it was like covered in hair. And here I am like driving around Patrick Warburton. He played Putty on Seinfeld. Uh, He is like the best hugger because he gave me a thank you hug. And then Matthew Modine, Timothy Dalton, Jane Fonda had to take her to the bathroom and then gave her a bottle of water. I never took pictures. You know, I was trying to be cool. Like, I don't want to take a picture with you. But I met so many people there. And then my best friend introduced me to Dragon Con in Atlanta. We would go every year. And I've met John Cusack. I actually paid $40 to meet him. He was probably my least favorite at Dragon Con. It's like every major hotel in Atlanta. And it's centered at the Marriott, which is 47 stories. And it has all these like massive ballrooms that hold 6,000 people. So I've seen like Shatner and George Takei. I mean, I've, I've seen so many actors talk and we get there early so we can get up close. I heard John Cusack was going to be there. And my sister-in-law at the time is very competitive and she's a like fabulous golfer and I knew nothing about golf until I married into this family and so she like always beat me at everything but John Cusack was her favorite actor and I'm like oh I'm gonna get a picture with him and text it to her <laughs> just to tick her off <laughs> so I did it was this big ballroom and the actors are all sitting at tables so you can walk around and there's like 50 famous actors sitting there. And then there's like tape on the ground. And so you could line up to meet them. The bigger guys like Stan Lee had their Mm -hmm. own room. I stood in the John Cusack line and he finally shows up late and he's like sucking on a vape pen. Oh, really? Ew. I know. And then he like, imagine him in any movie when he's not smiling and he's looking mopey. That's mm-hmm. totally how he was. Oh, brother. So I go, I stand next to him because I paid 40 bucks to, to meet him and to get a picture. And he takes his, I should send you this picture. He, he's pointing at me yeah. and it looks like he's pointing right at my boobs. Oh, lovely. Okay, well, if, if you can <laughs> get your hands on that picture, we'll put it in the show notes. That's okay. The famous people I know now... I opened this brewery and the American Pickers, I don't know if you know the show. Yes. 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 Okay. And they were in town. So a friend of mine, who's the head of the economic alliance in town, she calls me and she's like, Carol, the American Pickers are going to the field of dreams right now to do a, a film segment. You've got to go. You should bring beer. So there's a picture of Mike holding a growler. I took, I get the photo credit because it was like Heck everywhere. Yeah. Drinking my beer. And later I told them, I'm like, you guys should come by the brewery. I have a lot of vintage stuff. I basically repurposed everything I found in this historic, vintage, rundown sewing factory. That's why it's Textile Brewing Company. I, I Sewing factories are like my happy place. <gasps> You would love this place. (laughs) Holy cow, I'm going to have to visit that place. Okay. You will. Well, you can just Google Textile Brewing Company and Carol, (laughs) and you'll probably, you'll pull up videos and interviews, and I've been on radio shows. So Danielle Colby was there. She's the the female on the show. She's like Mm -hmm. a roller derby girl also, full of tattoos. She's super beautiful and cool. And I was telling her, I'm like, hey, I'm an art teacher. 
And I know you collect vintage burlesque clothing. I said, we should do a show. You should, you know, this is a sewing factory. Why don't you bring your collection? And she's like, hand me your phone. And she took my phone and put her phone, her cell phone number in it. And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. But like the coolest actor that I know is Dwyer Brown. And Dwyer was Kevin Costner's dad in the Field of Dreams movie. And he's super handsome. And when he comes to town, he, he's brought his family and, and they come to the brewery and they would eat because I developed these one pound Bavarian pretzels. I'm kind of famous for the menu. Oh um, gosh, I even though I'm not even associated with the brewer anymore since I sold You're it all still, to my ex. You just can't help yourself. You're still plugging it. Well, yeah, I'm very proud of I it. I mean, it's cool. Yeah, it's something you made. I love hearing about it. Well, Dwyer bought another vintage building in town. So he bought the old dairy, which is about two blocks from the brewery. And I am working on a business plan for an ice cream shop in his dairy. Oh my gosh, how neat. I mean, he and I text each other. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm, and it's going to be way easier to do than a brewery, which you know, start with a federal application for that one, you know. So yeah, I'm working on all of that. And trying to buy a law office or a funeral home. (laughs) I'm a hot mess, Joanne. (laughs) I find this fascinating. I love that kind of stuff. People with creative intelligence just fascinate me, and I can tell you have it. Okay, what movie line gets quoted most in your house? Uh, Okay, I told my daughter I was going to tell this story, and she died. It's Thwack. T-H-W-A-K. Like the comic book sound, but that's printed in the comic book like a pow or... Okay, thwack. My kids were probably 9 and 11 or around that age. They were younger than maybe I should have been showing them Marvel movies. I don't know. Nowadays, I guess... Uh, But it was The Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk terrifies me because... I mean, fascinates me and terrifies me because it's all out of anger, right? So mm-hmm. I try to make it like a, a teachable moment. If I'm going to watch a movie like that with my kids, we're going to talk about mm-hmm. it. But, you know, like one of them brought up the fact that he lost all of his clothes except his pants. He always has pants <laughs> on and they're all ripped up. But I mean, he can't <laughs> seem to keep on socks, shirts and shoes. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, we'll go here. And I'm like, well, what would happen in this movie if it were true to real life and he really did lose all of his clothes? And they just busted out laughing. And they were like, <laughs> well, then you would see his penis. And I'm like dying. And I'm like, yeah. And then what? It would be like, you know, it'd be swinging everywhere. It'd be like thwack. And my kids are dying. <laughs> so we talked about the suspension of disbelief about how some things in a movie that don't quite fit and you're like, "Eh, that's, that's, I call BS on that. It happens in movies. Sometimes you're watching a movie and a person is holding something in one hand and then the scene changes and they're holding it in the other hand. And my kids are like, thwack, (laughs) thwack. My biggest pet peeve, thwack is when people are carrying paper to go coffee cups and you can totally tell there's no liquid in them. Because if there's liquid in a cup, you'll automatically hold it kind of level. 
And if right. there's no liquid in a cup, you don't have that urge to hold it level. It irritates me. I'm like, okay, thwack. I see your coffee cup. <laughs> thwack. Why don't you put somebody put some water in that stupid thing and then that actor will automatically carry it more authentically. Anyway, yes, okay, right. thwack. Right. Or, yeah, I get or it. like I the it. Game of Thrones, there was a Starbucks cup on set in one of the scenes. I don't know if you've seen that meme. There's like they no. actually filmed an entire scene in Game of Thrones. And on the table is a Starbucks cup. I'm like, oh, that's funny. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to try to put that meme in the show notes too, the Starbucks cup. I'll put the the Game of Thrones thwack. Oh, yeah. So it's anytime, anytime something is BS. That conversation sounds like home to me because I will talk about anything with my kids. As long as I can experience it with them and then we can discuss and I don't think it's going to like scar their psyche, we're going there. And I I love that you did that with your kids. I'm exactly the same parent. Okay. Do you name your cars? I have this big, bad truck named Kitty Cat. And then I have a motorcycle. I had met a guy that I call motorcycle guy. We friend zoned each other and he helped me find a really cool used bike and then he painted it and he fixed it up for me. And I mean, he did all this work to it, put a new chain on it. But when I bought it, it was maroon. So I named him Adam, like Adam Levine from Maroon 5. I love it. I love it. Because I love to ride Adam. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I basically ride Adam exclusively, like to go to the gym, to go to the grocery Uh store. I have a backpack. So happy for you about Adam. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, God. He sounds fun and useful. It's a Kawasaki 750, so it's not a little bike. I'm very proud of my bike. (laughs) I'd love to put a picture of Adam in the show notes, too, if you happen to think of sending me that. I can do that. As you know, the point of this podcast is to tell our not-so-fancy moments to the listeners so that they remember they're not alone and so that they know when they see somebody who seems like they have it all together that they have to remember all these crazy stories happen to everyone and to sort of demonstrate the way bonding occurs when people share these stories with each other. So what do you have for us today? Tell us a couple of your not-so-fancy moments. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I can tell the, I want to tell the medical one since you're a doctor, you might appreciate this. Um, when I lived in um, the, the town where I lived with my best my best friend in Hinesville, Georgia, there's actually a military base there called Fort Stewart, which is why my dad ended up in that town. We ended up okay. there when I was 16. Um, it's on the coast. So, you know, we get these in the summer, we get these massive storms. And then, of course, hurricane season, like if you're on the coast, you know, you just get these these afternoon thunderstorms. Like I've seen lightning hit electrical poles a dozen times because in Georgia, you can't plant you can't bury wires or anything because the the water table is so high. Nobody has. Yeah. Nobody has basements in Georgia, like coastal Georgia. Uh-huh, so, sure. um, right. So there was this massive storm and I had a mammogram planned. So, you know, they're not very comfortable. I don't no, mind. I, I go and get them done. I'm not, you know, I, I just do what I'm supposed to do. Right. Yeah. Well, ne- necessary uh, evil. <laughs> right. So I'm there getting my mammogram and my boob is squished to, you know, the width of a like piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> and this, there's this massive storm and the electricity in the whole hospital went out. So, <gasps> right when your boob was between those two clear yeah. plastic things smushed oh, within an inch of its squished. life. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
so I'm and so the 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 nurse was like panicked, like, oh my god, I am so sorry. And I'm like, oh, it's cool, it's fine, it's just a storm. It'll so I just stood there for a couple of minutes in the dark with my boobs squished. You're like, Um, surely the backup generators will fire up at any moment. (laughs) It 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 took a few minutes, but they did. But um, that is my favorite medical story of all time. I mean, it's not a tampon and an x-ray. I heard that episode. I was dying. I can't remember who oh you were talking gosh. to about that, but I love that. That was story. Isla. Isla Atchowski. Yes. She's one of my friends from Reno. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that is a no, great story. This the boob <laughs> in the mammogram machine. Like I, I you emailed me a little bit about it the other day. So, and I was driving with my 17 year old daughter and I go, she, I, I was telling her what the day held for today. And she goes, Oh, who you're interviewing. And I said, Oh, this gal, blah, blah, blah. She, she has one funny story where she got her boob stuck in the mammogram machine and the electricity went off. You have never seen wider eyes than on my 17-year-old daughter. And I kind of did the hand motions where, like, one hand under, one hand over, like, smoosh it down. Because they've asked me about, like, Mom, when you go get a mammogram, what's it like? And so I've told them, like, all the details and, you know. And and it's not really that bad. But it is – I mean, it's like for all you youngins that haven't had a mammogram yet, it's like – Picture a book press, you know, except that it's yeah, made out much. of clear plastic. And so you set your boob on the little bottom part of the book press. And then the top book press, which is also clear plastic, <clears throat> yeah, comes down until your boob is the shape you never thought you would see it. And it is the most just, bizarre thing. It is like so in weird. Mine are- and it's just flat as a pancake because they have, that's the way they can spread the tissue out best and image it. And then, and then to get it, get and, and sometimes you're like, really, they have you in these awkward positions. It's not like you just stand there and get your boobs smushed. They're like, okay, put your rib over here. Okay. Arm up here. And then like to try to get the maximum amount. And I'm holding my boob as I'm saying this, trying to get the maximum <laughs> For amount, <sure>. amount of, <laughs> of breast tissue in the thing. Right. So that they don't miss imaging any of it. So right. I just imagine you standing yeah. there like, no, this is fine. I'm, I'm just fine. I'm no, cool. We're good. I'm all right. <laughs> well, I was really worried because the nurse was so panicked for me. So I felt like I had to overcompensate and calm her oh. down. I'm like, no, it's fine, hon. It'll, it'll come on in a minute. Don't worry. But yeah. I mean, that was they a get... very smart thing for her to do. She panics. And so you were <laughs> working on calming her down instead of panicking yourself. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah. That, so that was my, that's my crazy medical story. It's time to talk about what you've been loving lately. So tell me, you said that you are into investing. Tell me a little bit about that. So I realized that I I really have never had a financial education. Like my dad passed away, um, you know, in 2013, but my parents were from the silent generation is Mm -hmm. what I've learned is what they're called, where they don't really put any they don't put any effort into their kids. So I was really like thrown out into the world with no guidance. So I've stumbled my whole life. I listened to a lot of audiobooks. I started really reading all these books on finances and all the big names like Dave Ramsey and Tony Robinson mm-hmm. and Barbara Corcoran. And I found this book on investing by a woman. And I'm like, I'm going to read it. And it is fantastic. And mm-hmm. her name is Danielle Town. And her book is called Invested. What I and it's got a really long title. It's like invested. What I learned from Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, with a little help from my dad. Okay, so it turns Aww. out her dad is a famous investor named Phil Town, 
And he's written like a lot of books on investing, the most famous being rule number one, which rule number one is don't lose money, right? Okay. (laughs) And she ended up being a startup attorney and realized that she would be working for the rest of her life. And she was overworked and miserable being an attorney. And she ended up talking to her dad about it. And they ended up putting on a podcast together. And he decided for the year that every week they would get together and he would teach her about investing. He basically made her realize, look, you've got to invest in yourself. You've got to pay yourself. You've got to put money into your retirement. If you want to enjoy life, you can't just not save for your Mm -hmm. future. And she says straight up, I'm not mathy. (laughs) And so not only did she resent investing because her dad used to lecture her and she had a rough relationship with him, but she just wasn't into math and investment math is awful. And so in this book, she literally takes you through the steps and she explains it like you're not mathy, but I have started investing myself and paying myself first. And that's something I've never done and, and so, I mean, investing is not a sexy subject, Joanne, not as, as sexy as, you know, dating, but it was so empowering. Awesome. So I just oh, learned a lot. So fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Well, tell the listeners where they can find you. Well, they probably can't find you, but they can find Bob. So <laughs> remind the listeners how they can find Bob online. <laughs> okay. So Bob is on Instagram as cho- uh, chocolate underscore Bob. Yeah, and I'm actually Carol Miller, because that's my maiden name. But Carol Miller is where I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram and as Carol Miller. But Bob is really my main social media for now until I open my next business, (laughs) whatever that is. And then I'll have a ton of social media for that. If I get the funeral home, then I'm going to call the Airbnb dead asleep. Is it is it too, is it obnoxious? Is no, it like no, I, I love inappropriate? It. No, <laughs> Dead asleep, I just think. No, it's totally perfect. <laughs> it's so perfect. I love it. No, it you have like- to, no, you love a theme, obviously. And I love a theme too, because it just is so unifying. And they're just, it's such a fun jumping off point. And yeah, I know. I think it's hilarious. Now I really hope you get it. Yeah. And then if I get the law firm above the law, I don't know. I just love designing. I'm always Mm -hmm. planning, researching, designing in my head. Your creative mind is always turning. Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. I love it. I I just can't wait to see what you do. I know it's going to be awesome, awesome, fun, interesting, fascinating stuff. Yes, absolutely. I I don't think I'll ever go back to teaching, honestly. I'll keep up my license, but no, I just like building businesses and I love marketing. And so it's a lot of fun for me. It's a joy. It's a, maybe yeah, I'll do that when I grow up. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> I, I think it's fascinating. I think it's a perfect time to be a serial entrepreneur and do what you're doing, which is what you love to do, which is to come up with the idea and find the property and research how the best oh, way to yeah. do things and find the story behind it and then put the business together. And then once the business is up and running and successful, you sell it and move on to something else. You know, I kind of think that's my jam. I've, I've learned that, you know, it came, it came all out of a, of a sad marital situation, but I have definitely come out ahead and super happy and loving life now. So, and eventually maybe there'll be a business that you're like, wait, I actually like running this one. This is where I'm going to stay. Well, Carol, this has been so much fun. You are hysterical. Thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, thank you. 
you so much for listening to the Fancy Free Podcast today. Wasn't Carol funny? I just, her mammogram story, so cute. And I am just so fascinated by her brewery that she developed and all of the creative ideas she has. If you want to hear the story of the development of the brewery in more detail, we will have a bonus episode later this week, and I've saved out some other fun stories and nuggets from Carol to add to that bonus episode. So you definitely don't want to miss that. Make sure to check out the show notes for today's episode at fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 116 to get all the links we discussed today. There were a lot of them. And remember to click follow so that new episodes pop into your feed each week. If you have a story to tell, email me at notfancy at fancyfreepodcast.com. And also make sure you check out our Fancy Free Shelf Bra loungewear at shelfyshop.com. That's S-H-E-L-F-I-E-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. And use the code Fancy Free for free shipping. Have a wonderful week. And remember, no one is as fancy as they look.